Hi there, it's Peter Bergman with Monday, September 12, 2011 edition of our daily podcast, Everything You Know Is Wrong, and the 10th anniversary of 9-11 has come and gone. Well, Paul Krugman got into a lot of trouble when he decided to tell it like it is. The New York Times columnist wrote a blog post called The Years of Shame, in which he said that what happened after 9-11 was deeply shameful. That guy's got some guts. Krugman castigated people like Rudy Giuliani and President Bush as fake heroes who exploited the attacks for their own personal, political, or military gain. Well, ain't that the truth? I mean, Rudy Giuliani was a mediocre mayor of New York City who suddenly becomes some sort of a 9-11 hero, the 9-11 mayor that, that catapulted him to uh, almost nomination for the presidency until people figured out who he was after all. And George Bush, Mr. 9-11, we probably would have been much the better off if he just stayed in that elementary school in Georgia reading to the kids. He could be there today. It's a simple task. He enjoyed himself. They were an adoring crowd. He loved them. Maybe he could go out in the back and cut a little brush with his chainsaw. We, we would all been the better for it. But anyway, Krugman says, he also said that many in the media had lent their support to the hijacking of the atrocity. Oh, 9-11. Not the event itself, which was horrendous and totally uh, just un unacceptable, but the aftermath, the media aftermath was extraordinary. And when we began passing all of these patriot laws and other um, adumbrations of our civil liberties, did the press join in and really take a look? No, it was... It was all lauding the American response. America will never let this happen again. Are we safer? And then two illegal wars, Iraq over 9-11. What a travesty. And I mean, is, is that the heritage of 9-11? Of, of Fake wars, um, rendering people, using other third, second and third world nation jails and torture cells so we don't have to perform those horrible acts on our own soil or shipping people off to Guantanamo as close as we can get to waterboard them, etc. Krugman concluded, the memory of 9-11 has been irrevocably poisoned. It has become an occasion for shame and in its heart the nation knows it. Isn't that interesting? I think he, he's right. I think subconsciously we know that we have changed, that we have to come back from this terrible place. Yes, it was a terrible event. It was a, an event of darkness, but we have added to that darkness. And Krugman said that after he made the post, he turned off the comments part for obvious reasons. And oh yeah, the right wing columnist called him a sad little man and vile and a coward and all of that, which actually is not the case. Paul Krugman is an extraordinary individual, a good, solid, progressive Nobel laureate, you know, not by any means a man without a following or a man without effect. He's right. We've got to come back from 9-11. Enough of this torture, enough of this waterboarding. And by the way, mentioning that, here's a word from the people at Alzheimer's Brewery. Hi, this is Chip Cheney world-class water porter for Hacker Smack. My Uncle Dick taught me what to do when I was at the wrong end of a terror wave. Punk'em and 
welcome, he said. Right on. Putting the surfs down is hard work and scary. Me? I drown my fears with a tall, shiny can of Hacker Smack. It's my favorite punch when I'm in a crunch. So don't let the horrors of everyday life put you under. Come up for air with a six-pack of Smack. That's right, Chip. Hacker Smack will keep you up as long as you can keep it down. Hacker Smack is an adrenal-blasting blend of caffeine, alcohol, mahuang, and country-style methamphetamine. Hacker Smack, a deniable dye product of Alzheimer's Brewery, Rehab, Colorado. Yes, I'm going to watch the Tea Party debate um, this evening. I'm fascinated by it. I know I won't learn anything new. I won't be enlightened. I'll probably just be bored and enraged. But I want to see what it's like uh, for all of those garden gnomes to face the Tea Partyites instead of the intelligent questioning from NBC and Politico generally, although they did kiss an awful lot of ass. And the question is, Will this be an opportunity for Rick Perry to go even further than he did before? Now, he comes in the favorite by far. A, a, a new CNN opinion research survey finds that Rick Perry is leading Mitt Romney in the GOP presidential race by double digits. 32% to 21% with Ron Paul at 13% and all of their candidates in single digits. I wonder what Ron actually does by the farm, where those 13% are going to go. Those are libertarians. Are they going to find themselves a home with Perry or with Romney, or are they going to start another party altogether? Most interesting, though, is Perry's biggest strength may be the electability factor. 42% saying he has the best chance of beating President Obama next year. You think? I'm not so sure. Some 26% say Romney has the best chance of defeating the president. Said pollster Keating Holland, that may go a very long way toward explaining his rise in the polls since three quarters of Republicans say they would prefer a candidate who can beat President Obama over one who agrees with them on major issues. Hmm, well, I wonder indeed how far Perry is going to go. Will he actually bring in uh, an inmate from Texas's death row and execute them in front of the audience in order to sort of top last week when all he did was take credit for being the number one poll, the switcher? It's going to be hard to tell. Will, will Michelle Bachman be able to turn his right end with even more xenophobic, homophobic palaver? Maybe she should bring her husband along and let him stand behind her with that big pink grin. Or maybe he should be in the front row, praying away the applause from anybody except his lovely wife. Perhaps not his consort, but his wife. Well, we're just going to have to wait and see. Although it's been happening on a regular basis for well over two years, I'm still shocked when members of Congress, basically the Tea Partyites, the GOPers, they're all one thing now, are willing to put Party first, rancor first, ideology first, and the country second. Despite public declarations about finding common ground with Obama, some Republicans are privately grumbling that their leaders are being too accommodating with the president. This is because some of them have ref refrained from calling him the devil and saying that his jobs plan may have a few things worth taking a look at. That's as far as they went. Quote, Obama's on the ropes. Why do we appear ready to hand him a win? 
said one senior House Republican aide who requested anonymity to discuss the matter freely. Probably wanted anonymity so we wouldn't know who this jackass is. I just don't want to co-own the economy by having to tout that we passed a jobs bill that won't work or at least won't do enough. Now think about that. I don't want to co-own the economy. I don't want to take responsibility for the terrible mess that we're in that was brought about almost exclusively by George Bush and his coup partners trashing our economy illegally going to war and not paying for it, etc., etc. You know the drill. He doesn't want to co-own this economy. He wants to lay it on the not-me. He doesn't want to give him one possible, as he sees it, victory, as we see it, some way to get this economy going again. He's ready to let the unemployed suffer. Anyone can suffer, as long as they have a better chance of beating Obama in 2012. This is sedition, out-and-out out legislative treason, and I certainly hope the American public figures it out. Well, we've got problems at home, and some of our problems at home soon will be the result of problems abroad. Yes, there are problems with the euro. The euro continued to decline rapidly against the dollar over the weekend, dipping below $1.35 from $1.41 just over a week ago. That is a huge slip. Rapid swings like this in currencies are worrisome because they make it hard for businesses to calculate their costs and price goods and services quickly in response. Well, look, exporters in the U.S., especially uh, can hardly afford to see the dollar strengthen sharply at a time when the economy is in danger of slipping back into a recession. Boy, I tell you, if the dollar gets really strong against the euro, which it appears it's going to, it's going to be very hard to ship out American exports because they're going to be relatively more expensive. Previously this week, uh, Carl Weinberg, the chief economist at High Frequency Economics in Valhalla, New York. High Frequency Economics, does that mean the fact that the average trade in and out on the stock market today is 1.2 seconds? And he's in Valhalla, New York, a whole new concept of heaven, buddy. He declared markets to be in destabilized mode. Well, if he's one of those instant traders, he's one of the problems, not the solution. Quote, what has to happen this week to make it better, we don't know. Well, that's good, because we've never seen this before. Boy, does that give me a lot of confidence. Not. Really, I join him to a certain degree. I don't know what to do. Maybe you do. Maybe you've got the answers. Maybe you think you've got the answers. My guess, actually, is that everything, everything you know is wrong.